Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. Uh, sorry for the change of schedule multiple times, uh, but because my flight was canceled, I was able, Baruch Hashem, to uh, uh, steal a room here in the Young Israel of Houston. Rabbi Wender's brother is the Rav here. A special thank you to him and his show for uh, allowing me to steal uh, a room here. So uh, we're going to be learning Masech uh, Sukkah, Daf Lamed Hay, and we're starting at the Mishnah toward the bottom of Lamed Dalad and Beis. Two days ago, we spoke about Hadassim, and then we spoke about Aravos. And today, we're going to be speaking about Esrog. We'll be learning from the Mishnah on the bottom of Lamed Dalad Amid Beis, all the way toward the bottom of Lamed Hay Amid Beis in my Gemara. It's about three lines before the bottom of the page. Let's get started. The Mishnah writes on Lamed Dalad Amid Beis, Esrog HaGazl VeHayavish Pasal. If there's an Esrog that's stolen or an Esrog that is dried out, it is Pasal. Shel Asherah V'Shel Ir HaNitachas. If it is from a tree that was worshipped or from a community that was mostly of idol worshippers, then Pasal. Shel Orla Pasal. If the Esrog was from an Orla tree, Halacha by Orla, is that a for a new tree, all the fruits in the first three years are usher to be eaten because of the mitzvah of Orla. And in the fourth year, the fruits can be eaten. So if the tree that, that is in discussion is a tree of Orla, uh, and it's an esrog tree, so the halacha is in the Mishnah that it is puzzle. I have to ask in the Gemara, who cares if the we're not eating it? Who cares if the esrog is part of an Orla tree? Who cares if it's a tummy because of truma? It doesn't make a difference. At the end of the day, we're just using it as mitzvah, but we're not eating it. We'll discuss that in the Gemara. So that's what the Gemara says by Orla, that shall Orla apostle. Shall Truma Tmei apostle, then on a similar note, just like Orla is not allowed because it's Asr Be'achila, the same is true here, that Truma, which is Tmei, is also apostle. What about Truma Tehora? So it says the Gemara, shall, says the Mishnah, excuse me, shall Truma Tehora lo yito. Really, you should not use an Esrog that is Truma Tehora, even though it's edible, and even though there's nothing wrong with it, there's no Tuma. Lo Yito, you should not. We'll learn the Gemara why. However, unlike Orla, where if you try to do the mitzvah with an esrog from an Orla tree, you are not Yotze. Here says the Mishnah, Ve'im Notal Kosher, that if one were to take the mitzvah, uh, the, take an esrog from a tree that was Truma Tehora, then the halacha is that you're Yotze. Shel Demai. Demai is food or fruit or vegetables that you got from uh, from a... Um, no, from an Amha'aretz. And by an Amha'aretz, we always have a suffix as to whether or not they were Ma'aser. So what does the Mishnah do about this? This is a standing Machlokas throughout Shas. So here are party lines. Beishamai posts and Beisel Machshirin. Beishamai says that the mitzvah by Esrog would be that it's Pasal. That does not work here. Beisel says it's fine. What about Shalmai Sersheni Birushalayim? So that Lo Yito, you should not do that, even though the food's not Tameh, it's not Asr Be'achila. Lehefech, your Dafka is supposed to eat it in Yerushalayim. So you should not do it uh, for reasons we'll see in the Gemara. However, if one did so, you would still be Yotze. Next, also Chazazis al Rubo. Let's say that there were these types of like little bubbles or boils that were all on rove on the majority of the esrog, and or Natla Pitma. So if the pitom fell off, if you're looking for the Marimakam for when somebody breaks off the pitom, it's this Mishnah and Lamadal and Mabez. Niklaf, if it got peeled, or Nistak, if it generated a crack or a crevice inside the esrog, or Nikev Vichaser, or if there was a hole that was made in it. And this is a very important word. And therefore, some of the flesh was missing, some of the flesh of the uh, esrog, kolshu, and even a small amount of the halacha is puzzle. However, says the Mishnah, we're six, seven lines from the bottom, lamadal, and the base. The Mishnah says, 
What if only less than 50% was uh, had these types of little bumps on them, these boils? Uh, or not not the piton, the fragile part at the top, but the oketz is the bottom part, the part that actually connects to the tree, uh, like kind of like we're familiar with seeing from other fruits and vegetables also. So by the oketz, if you took that, or let's say that you stick a pin into an esrog and then pull it out. So yes, there's a whole knee cave, but here there's nothing that's chaser. No flesh was removed. There may be some moisture on the uh, on the needle that you stuck in, but nothing was removed. So the halacha is velo chaser kosher, and nothing's missing. The halacha is kosher. Esrog hakushi. This is uh, an esrog that comes from the, the land of Ethiopia. And Rashi highlights here that we're talking about a very dark looking type of esrog. And actually in the picture books, looks like an avocado. They're very, very dark. So the halacha is puzzled. The hayyaro kikarsi, if it has this type, particular shade of green, the halacha is Rav Meir Machshav Rav Yehuda Posa. What about Shir Esrog? So this we spoke about already, but this is actually the proper Marimakam to learn this. So the Mishnah here writes three, four lines from the bottom of Lamadal and Mabez. What's the minimum Shir Hakatan? The smallest Shir of Meir Omer Ke'egoz, even the size of a walnut, as long as it's uh, ripe, no problem. Rav Yehuda Omer Kebetza. It has to be a minimum shear bakibeta, which is of course larger. What's the largest maximal size? So it says the Gemara Vigadol Kadeshi Yochas Shnaim Biyado Achas to Rabihuda. Rabihuda was of the opinion that it had to be that you were able to hold both in one hand. And on the last line of Lamadal Mid Bay is the last line of the Mishnah of Rabyosi Omer, Afilo Echad Bishtayada, even if there was only one fruit in both of your hands. We're thinking about a watermelon, a cantaloupe, you're talking about a seriously sized. Esrog, um, and he is super makil to say that that would be allowed. This brings us to the top of Daf Lamed Hayyamid Aleph as the Gemara opens. Tanu Rabbanan, how do we know that when it, the Pasik says in Chumash Pri Eitz Hadar that it's actually talking about an Esrog? So the Brisa Darshans, the Brisa Darshans as follows. The Brisa says that, um, uh, excuse me, sorry. The Brisa says as follows Tanu Rabbanan, the rabbis have taught us that. Priyetzadar means eight shatam eight so upirio shove that when the flavor of the tree and the flavor of the fruit are the same under those circumstances that is how you know you have found an esrog have omer ze esrog now the meforshim here um, explain that of course the bark of the tree doesn't taste mamish like an esrog that you'd close your eyes in the taste test and get confused what it means is that just like the esrog has a citrusy type of flavor to it so too if one were to taste the bark there would be a citrusy type of flavor to it but the gemara says hang on one second i know another type of growth that would fall under the category of priyetzadar and the bark tastes a little bit like the fruit what's that second line veima pilpalin maybe we should say pepper uh, pepper of course grows in these spherical peppercorns maybe we should say that how do we know that that is the case that that its wood tastes like the pepper itself that it has that peppery type of flavor shenemar the pasuk says in regards to the mitzvah of orla untatem kol eats and the next word in the pasuk is macha so it's 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 fruit cheese. We're talking about orla. So if you're going to say eight, any odeshu eight ma'achal, why does the pasuk bother saying the word eight and ma'achal? Ma'atam lomer eight ma'achal, eight shetam eight so upirio shave. Because we must be talking about something where the bark has a similar flavor to the actual produce on the tree. Uh, and what is that? Have a omer is it pilpalin? So within this brisa, we see that. There's a common denominator between esrogen and pilpalin. They both check off the same boxes 
in that they fulfill the words of Priya Tzadar, in that the flavoring of the bark is reminiscent of the flavoring of the actual produce of the tree. And within this b'risa, what do we see? L'lamedcha. This teaches us a couple of things. First of all, it teaches us Maybe we would have thought that not every spice that grows is going to be chayv and orla. It's not a fruit. It's not a vegetable proper. Nevertheless, the halacha is that pepper is chayv and orla. And also, another thing that we learn from this b'risa is Nothing is missing. Even peppercorns, the Eretz Yisrael can grow anything. Shanemar, as the Torah says, lo sechsar kolba. So that is uh, that uh, nothing is missing. And this is really a question. And the question is as follows. You, we started out on the top of this page by saying that the esrog is defined by that which has the bark tasting similar to the, to the produce of the tree. So asks the Gemara, but the same exact true thing is true by Pilpalin. So how do we know? Could you imagine how unique it would be if you'd walk into Shoal? You have a lulav hadasim and a rabas in one hand and a tiny little peppercorn beat in the other. But it seems to check off those boxes. So how do we know, asks the Gemara, that the mitzvah of Priyat Hadar is not talking about peppercorns? So the Gemara gives a pretty crazy answer. The Gemara says, in theory, it could work, except for the following. We're about 10 lines down, Lamed Hamad Aleph. Hasam Mishum Delo Efshar. You're right that it checks off all the boxes. Yes, the flavoring of the bark of the peppercorn is similar in that it has the peppery taste of the peppercorn. However, Hasam by the pepper, we can't say that it's Priyat Sadar. Delo Efshar. Why are we not able to do that? Because says the Gemara, Hechi Navid. What's the mitzias? What are you going to do? Ninkot, you're going to take one tiny little peppercorn. They're three millimeters in diameter. They're tiny. No one's going to even know that you're holding anything. How can that be the case? That's the mitzvah. It doesn't really make sense. And if you want to say, okay, maybe we should take more, that can't be either because the Torah was spoken the singular, pre hadar. Says the Gemara, So the Gemara says, you're right that it checks off the boxes in regards to the parameters of the bark tasting somewhat like the fruit. However, in mitzias, it doesn't work. In Mitzias, what we're not able to do is use the peppercorn because you wouldn't even know that you're holding it. And therefore, the Torah defaults to the more logical answer is that this is a type of fruit um, that, yes, the bark tastes a little bit like the tree, but it's visible and it's only one fruit. And what is that? That is an esrog. The Gemara is now going to go on a whole uh, set of a play of words on what Hadar means. We know the Pasuk says, pre-8s Hadar, kapos tamarim. So here the Gemara says a couple of options as to what Hadar means. Rebbe Omer, Altikri Hadar, Ella Hadir. The play on words is that don't say it's Hadar, beautiful, but say it's like Hadir, like a pen, the pen where animals are kept. Ma dir zed, just like a pen of animals, yesh bogadol muktanim, you have animals that are large and animals that are small, and as well, mumen, and you have animals that are perfectly unblemished and animals that have blemishes. Hachanami, here too, by an esrog, yesh bogadol muktanim, mumen, common denominator. So instead of saying Hadar, we're going to say Hadir, and the common denominator that Rebbe is trying to highlight is that just like you have Tanim, Gedolim, Tmimin, and Balimumin in regards to the deer, in regards to animals, the same exact thing is true in regards to uh, in regards to Esrogim. We know people look at uh, Esrogim, we're going to learn about some of the blemishes today, that if you have a blemish, your Esrogim is not kosher. Sometimes it's Le'ikuva, sometimes it's just Le'chatchile B'dyevet, but sometimes it's Ma'ake. So says the Gemara, Atusha'ar Peros, Les Behu Gedolim, Uktanim, Tmimin, Ubalimumin. 
What kind of tzushtel are you making, Rebbe? Because you're saying that the word hadar sounds like the word hidur, sounds like the word hadir, and that in a pen you have animals that are both gadol katan and tamim and balimum. So therefore, it must be an esrog mehechatesi. Every every type of fruit ever has all of these same exact things. We've seen tomatoes that look like there are two that are fused together. We see problems all the time. You see large tomatoes and small tomatoes, and you see perfectly fine tomatoes. So mehechatesi that we're talking about an esrog. It says the Gemara as follows. We're one third of the way down. This is really what Rebbe meant. What's unique about the uh, esrog tree, and the reason why we are comparing it to a deer, to a pen where there are animals, is that while it's true that there are new esrogim growing on the tree, at that very same time, there are very old esrogim growing on the tree. Namely, the harvesting time for an esrog tree is very wide, and that's different than other animals. And therefore, we compared it, compared it to a deer, to a pen where there are animals, because no, not all, uh, not all fruits have very old and very young fruits on the tree at the same time. Most fruits grow in season, and that's not true here. They grow in a much wider span of time. Then says the Gemara, Rabbi Abahu Amar, Al-Tikri Hadar Ela Hadar. Don't read it as Hadar beautiful. Read it as Hadar, where it lives, the place that it lives, namely, Dabar Shadar Bi'ilana Mishana Lashana, something that grows on the tree annually. And that's a play on the words, one that we saw already. And after Shiran Shabbos, I shared this with our Balkori, with Bill Cantor, that sometimes the difference between a kamatz and a patach could be the difference in the word. The word hadar means beautiful. The word hadar means one who lives. Very different words. And therefore, Baalei Kriya have a burden of responsibility to make sure that they don't make these types of mistakes. It's not even easy to correct because unless you're a, a Bucky and Diktuk, you don't always know when to correct. But here, if this is true, that hadar and hadar are different words, that's mamish enough community. You're not Yotzek Torah. It's a big problem. So Gaboyim have to, uh, have to know Diktuk very well. It's a big responsibility. Uh, almost halfway down, a little bit less. Ben Omer, Al Tikri Hadar Ela Idor, totally different word. Shekane Belashon Yavani in Greek, Korin Lamayim Idor, because there's something about water in Greek that is similar to the word Idor, and that's connected to our word Hadar. Be'ezehu, what are we to? Be'ezu Shagadal Al Kol Mayim, what type of fruit grows, what type of fruit tree grows with all kinds of water? And that brings us to the two dots. But what does this mean? That it grows with any water? Last I checked, you can uh, you can use any kind of water with every kind of tree. So this is a discussion in the Mephorshim. And some of the Mephorshim explained that even water that's not clean, the esrog tree will still be able to utilize it. Mashain case of other trees will not. Ayin Sham in some of the Mephorshim. Two dots halfway down, our Mishnah, speaking about esrog said, that if the lulav came from a tree that was Worshipped for Avodazara or from a community where most people worshipped Avodazara, that that does not work. My taima. What is the reason as to why uh, why an esrog from those places would not be kosher? The answer is Kevin de la Srefakai, since those um, that tree or that place has already been dedicated and designated, I should say, as a place that's Latsrefakai, therefore Kisusi Mirtas Shiure. That means that once it's been paskined upon that it's Chaiv Srefa. So then, then we don't look at it anymore. Then it's no longer ro'i to be used for a mitzvah. The next two dots, shall orla pasal. And this is a question I asked in the Mishnah. Who cares if it's orla? Who cares if it's trumatmea? Why would we not use an esrog? It's a perfect, beautiful esrog. Why would we not use an esrog 
if it's not halachically okay to eat. Who cares? You're not eating it. My time, what is the reason for such a halacha? So that says the Gemara, these names are important to remember because a little bit later in the Gemara, we're going to try to figure out who of these two Amoraim said which of the following two shitas? Chad Amar, one of them said that the reason why an esrog that's from an orla tree in the first three years of a new tree is puzzle, Chad Amar Achila. One says that we consider it a psul and esrog. It doesn't have to be uh, anything other than the fact that because it's asr be'achila, it's also asr to be used for the mitzvah. And one says, no, it's because it doesn't have a halachic status of any monetary value because an orla tree is a zero. It'll be helpful down the road, but the esrog right now is worth nothing. So these are the different shitas. Then the Gemara says about these two shitas, kasal kadaita, we might have thought that each of these bal shitas, the one who says that the orla tree, the esrog from an orla tree is puzzled because of um, the first sheet that the Gemara says is that there's no heterachila, and the second one is because it has no fi- financial value. We might have thought that each sheet to held the other one uh, was not relevant. What might I have thought? That man debay heter achila, one who says that we require that an esrog have a heter achila, otherwise it won't work. We might have assumed that he held lo bay din mamon, that he does not require that it have a financial value. Uman debay din mamon, and according to the one who says that we need a, a fruit to have financial value in order for it to be used as an esrog, but lo boy heter achila, but it doesn't have to be edible, halachically speaking. So says the Gemara, if that's our assumption, we have a big question. Of course, the Gemara introduced, introduced this with kasal kadaite, which by and large means we're about to say something that we're going to reject, and that's in fact the case. Says the Gemara, you can't say that each of these bal shitas hold mutually exclusively that their shita is right and the other is wrong, because look at our Mishnah. Tanan, what does our Mishnah say on the bottom? of It says, that if you have an esrog that's trumatmeya, that you're not allowed to use it for the mitzvah of esrog. So Zog the Gemara as follows. The Gemara asks, I could understand that if you say that by an orla tree, the reason why you can't eat it is because there's no heter achila. Well, then I could understand why you would say that you're not allowed to use an esrog when it's trumatmeya. Maskem, I understand. But but if you say that the reason why we're not allowed to uh, use an esrog from an orla tree is because it has no financial value, and that's also the reason why we would have assumed that an esrog that is uh, from Trumatmea cannot be used as well, am I? Why would that be a rationale to say that you can't use an esrog from Trumatmea? After all, Trumatmea, even though you can't eat it, does have financial value. After all, says the Gemara, two-thirds of the way down, you can't eat it, but you can use it as fuel for a flame. So says the Gemara, that doesn't make sense. And therefore, you can't assume that the two shitas are mutually exclusive. Ella says the Gemara, you're right. Ella Everyone agrees. Both of the of the shitas of the Amoraim, Ravchia Bar Avin and Rabasi, they both agree that heter achila ba'inan that it must be that the food is in fact edible. Kule alma achila kule beheter achila kule amalo pligi de ba'inan ki pligi. Where do these Amoraim, Ravchia Bar Avin and Rabasi, have a machlokes ki pligi bedin mamon whether or not there is a secondary requirement of the food having financial value. Mar savar heter achila ba'inan. Din mamon lo 
According to one shita, the uh, one shita says, yes, of course, that it needs to be edible to be an esrog, but I don't need for it to have any financial value. Umar sabar din mamon nami ba'inan, that you need both. So here is what the Gemara is saying. We have two cases in our Mishnah where the food is puzzle. The food that is puzzle is a case of orla, and the food that is puzzle is a case of trumatmea. And what the Gemara is saying right now is like this. Everyone agrees that in order for an esrog to be used for a mitzvah, it has to be edible. There is a machlokes, however, as to whether or not there's a second criterion, which is whether or not that food also has to have a financial value. And then says the Gemara, my benayhu, what is the difference between these two shitas? Says the Gemara, ika benayhu, another case in our Mishnah of Meiser Sheni Birushalayim Baliba de Rab Meir. In regards to the case of Meiser Sheni Birushalayim, according to Rab Meir, how would it play out? What would the difference be between these two shitas? According to those who say that we only require that there should be a heter achila, but we don't require financial value, that should be mutter to use my sershain in Rishalayim according to Rab Meir. But according to the one who says that in addition to the fact that we need the food to be kosher, we also needed to have financial value. That's a problem because Meiser Sheni Mamon Gavahu. That that's not your money. That money belongs to Akadosh Baruch Hu. Yes, you have a heter to eat it. You're allowed to eat it. You should eat it. But that doesn't mean that Meiser Sheni belongs to you because it doesn't. It was money that was uh, made kodesh. It was you were you gave something over and then you wanted to bring it to Shalim. You were machalal alamos. You made the the coins holy and then you brought the coins to Shalim and then bought food there. You should eat it absolutely, but it's not your money. So therefore, that's how the Gemara says um, uh, that there would be enough gemina between these two shitas. And the Gemara's conclusion here is that when our Mishnah says that a food is not allowed to be eaten when it's asr be'achila. Yes, that's true, but there's a second possible layer of the machlokas, and that is whether or not we have a secondary criterion of whether or not there's also additionally a need to have fiscal value, financial value to the, to the esrog. Next, we saw in this, uh, in this last section that there was a machlokas, and this is at the two dots above, about 12 lines up, that there's a machlokas between Rav Chiyabar Avin and Ravasi as to why Orla was puzzled. We saw that one shita held because we needed the food to have a heter achila, and we saw another shita that said that, the, that we need the food to have financial value. And the Gemara says, about 15 lines or so from the bottom of the page, tistayim, we should be able to conclude that it was de Ravasi, de Amar Lefishe'in ba. Din Mamon. So that's what we should assume, that Ravasi was the one who said that the reason why in our Mishnah that Orla was not allowed to be used for the mitzvah of Esrog, an Esrog from that tree is not allowed to be used, he must be the one who says that the reason why is because an Orla tree, the fruit on it for the first three years, has no financial value. Um, where do we see this from? So it says the Gemara as follows. Ravasi. Ravasi says, Esrog shall meiser sheni the dibur of Meir. If you have an esrog that is meiser sheni according to Rav Meir, he says the halacha is ein adam yotze bayude chavasu biyomto, and ledivrei chachamim adam yotze bayude chavasu biyomto tistaim. What do we see according to Rav Meir that a person is not allowed to eat a meiser sheni esrog? You're not allowed to use it. Excuse me, not eat it. You're not allowed to use it, even though it's meiser sheni. But what's the din of meiser sheni? Meiser sheni is allowed to be eaten. So what does that show you? By virtue of the fact that Rav Meir holds in this context of an Esrog Shal Meisr Sheni, that it's Ein Adam that you cannot fulfill your obligation with an Esrog, and it's mutter to eat Meisr Sheni. Therefore, by definition, it must be that Ravasi was the one who held that 
uh, that, that we are talking about a concern about financial value, tistayim, uh, therefore we can make that conclusion. Now we've concluded that piece, and we're going to now analyze the line, the last line that we said of Ravasi, the line that we used to prove that Ravasi was of the opinion that the concern of an orla tree was that it needed financial value. Now let's dig in and analyze that more. Gufa says the Gemara, Amar Ravasi, this line that we just saw, plus a little bit more. The line that we just saw was like this, Amar Ravasi, Esrog shal meiser sheni l'dibri rab meir, enodam yotze bo yudei chobaso b'yom tov, that when it comes to an Esrog, that's meiser sheni. So we said in our Mishnah that one is not able to be yotze, uh, the halacha of an Esrog, if it's meiser sheni, because as Ravasi had mentioned, it had a din uh, of not having any financial value. And that's part one. Here's part two. We didn't see this earlier, but we do see it now. What about that? If you have matzah of maaser sheni, right? So you, uh, that's what you dedicated to the Beis HaMikdash. You bring the coins to Shalayim, and now you have uh, you buy matzah with it. So according to Rameir, he says, because it's maaser sheni, presumably for the same reason. Uh, because he holds that there's no financial value to Meiser Sheni, and because it's Mamon Gavoa, it belongs to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Now the Dibri Chachamim, and they were they argue and say Adam Pesach. That's case two. So case number one was uh, the Esrog of Meiser Sheni. Case number two is the Matzah of Meiser Sheni. Here's case number three. One of the last of the short lines here on Lamed Hey and Aleph says the Gemara. What about Isa? What about Do? But the dough is shown Meiser Sheni. So then the Dibir of Meir, what does he hold? That because it's Meiser Sheni and it's Mamon Gavo and it has no value, therefore he holds his Petur Minachala. Because as we know, Reishi Sariso Sechem, it has to be your Chala in order to be Chayim in it. But this isn't your Chala. You're allowed to eat it, but it's not your Chala. You're Potter from being Mafresh Chala. And and according to the Chachamim, they hold that you would still be chay. So now, these are the three cases that Ravasi presented. Now, Maskiflo Rav Papa, Bishlama, I understand the case of Isa, because Ksiv, Reshi Sariso Sechem. I know that when it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, to dough, that there is a din by dough by the mitzvah of Chala, that you have to be the owner. And if you're not the owner, you're not chayev. You're just not going to be chayv in in uh, in in Isa to be mafresh chala because of Rashi Sariso Sechem, and by Esrog as well. I also know Namik Siv Lachem Mishalachem. We saw this drasha already that when it comes to the mitzvah of Esrog, there's also a din of Lachem, which means that it has to be yours. Explaining yet again that if you don't own it, it can't have any financial value for you. It's not yours. But the third case is the most problematic. What's well, actually was presented as the middle case here, which was matzah. Two lines from the bottom on Lamed Hayam and Aleph, matzah, miksiv, is there a pasuk in, in Chumash that says matzah All of a sudden, we have a new din of lachem by matzah. That's not true. There is no din of lachem by matzah. So says the Gemara, hang on, just one second. Amar Rabba Bar Shmuel, one of these Amoraim had the following, Asya lechem lechem. They do taka bring a And this Xerashava does indicate that there's a din of lachem by matzah. How does it work? In regards to the mitzvah of matzah, what does the Torah say? Lechem oni. Uchsiv Hasam, turning to the top of Daf Lamed Hayamid Beis, and as mentioned, we're going to go until a few lines before the end of the page. What's the second part of the Gzeir Shava? The second part of the Gzeir Shava is a pasuk about Truma. The pasuk reads, and the whole pasuk reads, Tarimu Tiruma Lashem. You should bring Truma from the ground. Just like by Truma, we have a din of Lachem. So too, says the Gemara. 
and it can't be from Meiser. It has to be yours. It has to be yours to be able to fulfill this mitzvah. So that's how the Gemara indicates that in fact that there is even a mitzvah of Lachem, a din of Lachem by Matzah. And that explains how Ravasi in all three cases, in the case of Esrog, in the case of Matzah, and in the case of Isa, in all three cases, he is of the opinion that if there is no financial value to those items because all of them are Meiser Sheni, then Meiser Sheni is Mamon Gavoa, the money belongs belongs to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. In all of those cases, uh, he would hold within the camp of Rav Meir that one is Pater in all of those cases. Says the Gemara, Lema maybe I can uh, bring a Raya to the Shita of Ravasi. Right, Ravasi brought all three of these cases, but here's a brisa. Ravasi was an early Amora, but here's a brisa that says what Ravasi says, and this would be a great support to prove the sheet of Ravasi. Because remember, we had a machlokas in the Amoraim. One Amora said that we were talking about hetar achila, whether or not the esrog would be permissible to be used. No, it's not because it's from an oral tree. That was sheeta number one, and the other sheeta which we established was Ravasi was that it had to have financial value. Now, if this brisa supports Ravasi, we've answered our question in full, and the other. Amora is knocked out unless he can also bring a brisa. So says the Gemara, maybe we have a Raya Brura for the Shita of Ravasi. How so? Says the Gemara, what does the brisa say? Quote, Isa shall so we see that by Meiser Sheni, your Ptura from Chala, what does that show you? That shows us the Shita of Ravasi, that because it has no financial value, we see that uh, within the camp of Rav Meir, we see that you're going to be putter. So that's a beautiful raya. So says the Gemara, I think you missed something. That was a perfect quote. What do you mean? Lema misayele? That's rhetorical. He he. Those two things are the same exact line. Of course, this is a raya brura for the sheet of Ravasi. Why wouldn't, what's the lema misayele? You should have just said kidetanya. <laughs> what's the lema? Maybe I'm not so sure if this is such a good marimakum. It's a perfect marimakum. Overlap the words. They're identical one to the next. One brisa to the statement of Ravasi. It says the Gemara, it's not really so true. Ella says the Gemara, maybe this brisa, we, we have to make a jump because Ravasi brought us three cases in the previous brisa, in the previous statement. He brought us three cases, one of Esrog, one of Matzah, and one of Isa. Yet here the brisa only speaks about one. So Ravasi is taking it further. And what he's saying is, we're having it, over here, maybe shiny Isa, or maybe we would say, no, this Brisa doesn't really follow Ravasi because it doesn't have all three cases of Ravasi. Maybe it's only the case of Isa, and that's why the Brisa excluded the case of Matzah and the case of Esrog because Isa is different. The Amar Kra, Riso Sechem, Riso Sechem, Trezimne. That says it twice, and therefore maybe we should assume that uh, maybe we should assume that this case is unique, and therefore this brisa is not a raya for Ravasi. So yes, we know what Ravasi's shita is, but we don't have a raya brewer that Ravasi is right over the dissenting opinion. That brings us to the two dots about ten lines down on Lamed Hey Amud Beis says the Gemara shall truma tmei apostle. That of course we know That we know fundamentally. We already established this earlier today by Orla is that if the food is not mutter to eat, then absolutely it cannot be used for the mitzvah of an esrog. What about Rishal Truma Tahora Lo Yito? If it's Truma Tahora, what is the problem? It's Tahora. It's edible. It may not be edible for every Jew under the sun, but it's edible. Kohanim can eat it, but let it be. Why can't we say that if it's Truma Tahora, that you can use an esrog? 
Let's say that's the only one left. So our, our Mishnah said that you could be mekel if need be. But why was it a problematic in the first place? It says the Gemara, Why should one not use an esrog for the mitzvah, uh, use a, an esrog from a truma tahora uh, for the mitzvah of the lulav and esrog? Says the Gemara, that as well as a machlok, as rav ami Viravasi, the same ravasi, but a different counterpart. Chad amar mipnei uh, one of the one of these Amoraim had the concern of being machshira. What does that mean? We've learned many times throughout Shas already that there are liquids that can bring to lide hechsher. That there are seven liquids. The acronym of yad shachadam. Any of these seven liquids, when in contact, can lead to tuma. And out of concern that this truma tahora would become tame, so one of these Amoraim is indicating that we're not allowed to use the do the mitzvah of lulav and esrog and to make an esrog from truma tahora out of concern that maybe your hands will be wet. People used to keep their lulavim in water and then their hands would be wet and then they would touch the esrog and there would be tuma on their hands and they would create a problem. So therefore we don't do it. That's one shita. And another shita holds, you're going to keep picking up the esrog and putting it down. You pick it up for halal, you're going to put it back down. You pick it up for hoshanos. Seven out of the eight days, whatever it is, you're picking it up all the time. And sometimes you want to pick it up just to look at it, just to smell. It's going to get dirty. It's mafsida, you're going to ruin it. So says the Gemara, what's the difference between these two shitas? The shita that says that an esrog that's truma tahora should not be used, one of whom says we're concerned about tuma, and the other which says that it might just be mafsida, you might ruin it. The difference is, kigon shakara lehashen chutz miklipas achitzona. You were kore ala Hashem. You, you determined, you established something to be truma, but you only took part of the fruit to be the truma. You excluded the very thick shell. If you were to cut a, an esrog in half, you'd see that the actual peel is particularly thick, uh, no comparison to a lemon, much thicker. So, chut mikripa So, the mandamar mipnei shemachshira, According to the one of Machshira, because the outer part, the peel, was excluded in establishing this fruit as truma, so therefore you can pour water all at all you want. The inside is the problem, and touching the outside of the peel won't be problematic. And according to the sheet of Mibnei that you might start ruining it, yeah, this could still lead to it getting ruined by picking it up and putting it down. This brings us to the two dots, one third of the way down Lamed Hamid Beis, Let's continue. The al kasher. However, b'diyeved, if you took an esrog from truma tahora, it would still work. And why? Lamanda amrebi According to the concern that we saw by uh, Orla and by Truma Tmeya, that the food has to be actual food, halachic food. This is halachic food and you can eat it. So, that's totally fine. But And as well, and according to the one who says that in order for a food to be considered edible, it also has to have um, financial value. So no problem, because it has a financial value to the Kohanim. It was very valuable to them. So therefore it's fine. But we should avoid it because of either being or ruining the fruit. What about Vishal Demai? Vishal Demai, we said, is an esrog that was given by um, an Am Ha'ares. And we always have a suffix by Am Ha'ares as to whether or not they were Ma'asr properly. So it says the Gemara, my time of the Beis Hillel. Why was Beis Hillel lenient to say that an, an esrog that comes from an, un, from a, from an Am Ha'ares can be used for the mitzvah? So Zag the Gemara. My time is basically since theoretically a person could be mafkir all of their nechasim, and he can be poor. And then once he's poor, and there is a din by demai that if a person is an ani, 
then we are not concerned that the that the was not me'asir. We assume he is if the person is poor. So since in theory, one could relinquish all of his property and then uh, regain them if he so desires. Hashtanami, here now, even if he doesn't relinquish all of his property to make himself into an ani, lochem karina bey, you're all good. Everything, everything works out just fine. Uh, it is still considered to be eligible for you. You're still able to use this as um, your esrog ditznan. This is a Mishnah, and we will soon see that this is a Mishnah only according to Beis Hillel. What is the Mishnah, right? That yes, you are absolutely allowed to give Demai this uh, questionable as to whether or not it's been tithed fruit from an Amharitz. You are allowed to use that if you're poor. You're also allowed to use that if you're an Achsanya. If you were a soldier and you were staying in someone's house, kind of like what we have in our country, the Quartering Act, uh, in times of war, people are allowed to stay over in certain communities and, and benefit from the resources. Ubeishamai, Beishamai says, no, I totally disagree with you. Ani lo achil demai. Ditznan, machil and ho'anim. Demai, ve'esach sanoim. Demai, you're not allowed to feed them. Ba'am Ravuna, Tana, Beishamai omrim, ein machil and asanim, ve'esach sanoim demai. Beishel omrim machil and asanim demai, ve'esach sanoim demai. So a couple of brises that indicate a split between whether or not we assume halachically that demai, which is a suffix of whether or not it has a, was, was me'usar, as to whether or not we are allowed to give it to a poor person, Beis Hillel is lenient, and Beis Shammai is machmir, and that plays out in our Mishnah when it comes to demai. Shalmai Sersheni Birushalayim, we already spoke about this at some length, says the Gemara as follows. According to the concern with which the Gemara says earlier in the name of either Ravami or Ravasi, that we're afraid of, of this esrog, which is Truma Tahora, or in this case, Maeser Shani were afraid of it contracting to Mahare Machshira. That's a big problem. And therefore, we do try to avoid using Peros that are Maeser Shani, using an Esrog that's Maeser Shani. And the Man Damar Mibnei Shemafsida, Hare Mafsida. We should be concerned about that also. So therefore, uh, not much of a heter here. We did as well say by Maeser Shani that Vim not al Kasher. Why? According to the one who said that the primary concern is whether or not the food is edible. So then, everyone agrees that you can eat Maeser Shani. That's for sure. And and according to the one who says that the primary concern about a food is, is about monetary harmony, that will work out only according to the Rabbanan, because as we saw from Rabasi earlier within the Shita of Rav Meir, that there is no value because it's Mamon Gavoa. But according to the Rabbanan, it does have a halachic status of money. So here we needed to touch a little bit because it doesn't work according to all opinions. According to Rav Meir, who is of the opinion that the Mamon of Maeser Shani is Mamon Gavoa, he would argue with our Mishnah and say, no, that Maeser Shani can never be used for an Esrog. An Esrog can never be used if it comes from Maeser Shani because it doesn't have a halachic status of, uh, of, of financial value because it's not yours, it's Mamon Gavoa. Mashain came the Rabbanon say that they can be lenient and therefore our Mishnah Hamani, it must be the Rabbanon. Then we said also chazazis that if there are these kinds of boils, that one is obligated to make sure that it's not too much. If it's rove, it's a problem. If it's less than rove, so then it's okay. So then the Gemara says, Amar Rabbeinu Hagadol, as we learned the other day, is Rav. And the same line as we saw then, and Hamakom Yeheba Ozro, that a Kaddish Baruch should be of help to him. Lo Shanu, when do we say that a majority 
of the esrog is covered in these uh, chazazios, in these little boils, and that it's puzzle, that's That's only when it's all concentrated in one lump. It looks kind of like a mass of all of these boils in one spot. That's 51% of the esrog. If it's spread out, it's two or three places, and all three of the places are 17% of the esrog. And that leads us to more than half 51%. Uh, if it's in that many mekomos, then kosher. So no way. That's not possible. Ade Rabba, if you have all of the chazazis spread out, it looks like a, something that's spotted, and that violates the din of Hadar, as we've seen a couple of times already in this Masechta. To have something that's spotted is not kishmak, and that's not appropriate for, uh, that's not appropriate for the Dalmin Mupasal. So therefore, says the Gemara, you're absolutely right. Itmar, if you're going to quote that statement from Rav Chizda about Rab, do it right. Eli Itmar, Asefa Itmar, Almi Uto Kasher, so the Mishnah said a little bit later in the Mishnah that, yeah, if it's going to be that also chazis on rubo on most of it, then it's going to be pasal. But what if also chazazis on miuto? Let's say only 20% has the boils. So then on that, on the leniency, on the kosher, that's where we have the statement of Rav Chizda. There, al miuto kosher, if only a small portion of the esrog is covered in these dots, says the Gemara, Amr Rav Chizda, Dabar Zerabin, Wagadol Amrog, Amakom Yehibah Rav said this, may Hashem protect him. Loshanu ele b'makom echad. When are we lenient? When do we say al miuto is kosher? That's only true when all of the dots are collected in one area. Aval b'shnayim u'shloshim ekomos. Once they begin, to be in a variety of places on the S-rope, no. Then, that's what Rav was teaching us. That's what Rav Chizda was quoting Rav to say, that at the end of our Mishnah, when we're lenient in regards to the minority minority coverage of the Chazazis, in those cases, we, we add the qualification. It's not just a question of minority. It's also minority and concentrated in one place. But once it spreads out, that's Menumar, that's spotted, and that's unacceptable. Last line for the night. Says the Gemara, Amar Rava the Alchotmo Afilu b'Mashu Nami Pasul. This is where um, this one line of the Gemara is where a lot of us have learned the habit of looking at the top third, approximately, of an esrog and looking for spots, because the Gemara says Alchotmo on the Chotem is determined on the esrog shape when it goes like this, when it kind of tapers down like that. As it begins to taper, that's the chotem. So on that top section of the gemara, uh, of the uh, of the uh, esrog, that's what we're concerned about. Afilu nami pasul, and with that we will stop. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Tomorrow we will be in person. As of now, we don't have someone to host the daf yomi shir and the um, and the uh, the chizuk for Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. So as of now, that will take place in Makor. Of course, please feel free to reach out to me or Ari Shabbat if you have any interest. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Take care.